Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. Uh, this morning we are wrapping up this, uh, this unexcused sermon series that we've been in. And I hope, I, I pray that y'all have experienced kind of what, what we've experienced. I hope that, I hope that you have, that you've seen something new and and challenging and, and bold, something beautiful in this story that quite honestly, let's be honest, probably a lot of us have probably taken it for granted over the course of the years. I hope that you have felt God moving you and challenging you, emboldening you. I, I pray that you've felt God calling you, calling you to something big, scary even. But I hope at the same time that we have all, that we've kind of, that we've learned at least a little something. I hope that we've learned a little something from Moses here. If nothing else, I hope that we have learned how not to respond to God's call. Because for five, five weeks now, for five weeks we have been looking at him and he's there, he's been standing on this holy ground, and for five weeks he's been trying to wiggle out. He's been trying to wiggle out of, wiggle out of God's plan, he's given his excuses. We've, we've been calling them the five butts of Moses. And, and this morning it all comes to a head. It all comes to a head as, as Moses, fresh out of anything else to say, Moses simply says no. And there he is, and what Moses is essentially going to say is, God, look, I'm, I'm honored. Really, I am. I'm flattered. But God, you're really going to need to get somebody else. He says no. No. For, for, for such a small little word, no. It, it holds tremendous power. I mean, some of y'all may remember, maybe you'll remember uh, Decca Records. How Decca Records, back in 1962, they had auditioned this, this brand new band and they, they, ended up, they, just, they just didn't like them. And so they said no to the Beatles. <laughs> um, or maybe you'll remember how, how Ronald Wayne said no to Apple. Or how George Bell said no to Google, or how those folks over at Blockbuster, how they famously said no to Netflix, ensuring essentially for themselves bankruptcy just, just a decade later. No. Each of those folks, they, they said no, and, and they missed out. They missed out not, not just on money, I mean hundreds of billions of dollars, more important than money. They missed out on opportunity. They missed their future. And that's exactly what we're going to see in our scripture for this morning. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, go ahead and pull them out. We're going to be back in the, in the book of Exodus. So one last time, turn with me. I invite you to join me in, in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4 this morning. Exodus 4, picking up our reading this morning with verse 13. Again, Exodus 4, beginning with verse 13. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. It says, but Moses said, Oh my Lord, please send somebody else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, what of your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he can speak fluently. Even now he's coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, his heart will be glad. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. He indeed shall speak for you to the people. He shall serve as a mouth for you, and, and you shall serve as God for him. 
to take in your hand this staff with which you shall perform the signs. I mean, we got to give it to old Moses. If nothing else, the man was consistent, and and he was brave. No, he wasn't brave enough. He wasn't brave enough to go back to Egypt. He wasn't brave enough to leave everything that he knew behind, but he was brave enough to get honest with God. And that's that's more than a lot of us are willing to do. God hadn't bought any of his excuses. God hadn't bought any of his fluff, none of his guff. And so left with no other alternative, Moses just gets real. He gets gritty, he gets gets raw. Moses sturdies his feet, Moses sturdies his, his bare feet, and he simply says, no. No, God, find someone else. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that for the very first time, the very first time this whole series, it's the very first time in five weeks, it's the very first time that that God gets upset with Moses. It's the very first time that God gets mad. In fact, it's this very rare picture that we ever get of the Lord. Literally in the Hebrew, God's nostrils flare in this morning. But... But it's not because of of Moses' rawness. It's not because of Moses' honesty. It's never because of any of that. God gets frustrated with Moses because of Moses' defiance, because of his stubbornness, because of his slowness, because of his his slowness to trust and to believe and, and to obey. But God's not giving up. God's God's not letting go. He tells Moses that he won't have to go alone. God counters with the soft. He said, okay, how about your brother? How about your, your brother, Aaron? He's, he's already on his way. Now think of that. What's that mean? That means that God knew that Moses was going to be resistant. And so before this conversation even began, before the first spark lit that, that bush ablaze, God had already provided. Before this conversation even began, before that bush took ablaze, that that, that mission, God had already put Aaron on his mission. He'd already sent Aaron on his mission across the desert. He'd already given Aaron his mission, go, go and visit your little brother. God had already provided. And it's that moment. It's this, this one gladdening moment. It changes their life forever. And it changes our life forever too. This moment, this one moment when God finally overcame all of Moses' excuses, this one moment whenever God finally overcame, when he finally brought down all of Moses' defenses. But not like we saw last week. Not in that way like those, those two construction workers just barreling through, bulldozing through the Great Wall of China. That's not the way God does it. God overcomes our defenses. The, the only way that God does, the, the way that only God does, by God knowing by God knowing exactly where our defenses begin and exactly where they end. It's all about God knowing. It's about God knowing exactly what we need, what we need to hear, what we need to have, and God already being at work, making a way. Aaron will go with you, God says. And Moses, you will be to him as I am to you. Moses, I'm going to give you the words, then you just share them with Aaron. Aaron's going to be with you. And Moses, I'm going to be with you too. 
but you need to take your staff. Moses, don't forget to take your staff with you because at some point along this journey, you're going to need it. At some point along this journey, you're going to need to remember. You're going to need a reminder. You're going to need a reminder of this moment right here, this, this moment whenever there's no way became have your way. Moses, you're going to need a, a reminder of this moment right here, this moment where, where common mud became holy ground. God, thank you for that. And as we consider this passage that we just read and Moses' fifth but I want, we need to remember our own excuses because it seems to me there's some big mistakes that Moses is making in our passage for today that you and I don't need to make. So let's look at these three mistakes of Moses and make sure we don't do this as well. The first one was this, his heels were dug in. What was he saying? Lord, I hear you. I know it's you. You've told me your name. I hear clearly what you want me to do. You want me to go back to Egypt. But Lord, I don't want to do that. Get somebody else to go. I won't go. He digs his heels in and he doesn't want to hear the Lord anymore telling him what he doesn't want to hear. As I thought about Moses, I remember a classic cartoon. You may remember Peanuts. Um, actually ran this on August the 4th, 1963. It's one of my very favorites of Charles Schultz's great uh, cartoons. You may have a hard time seeing it, but let me read it for us. It begins by Lucy's chasing Charlie Brown, and she says, I'll get you. I'll get you, Charlie Brown. I'll get you. I'll knock your block off aisle. And Charlie Brown says, wait a minute. Hold everything. We can't carry on like this. We have no right to act this way. The world is filled with problems, people hurting other people, people not understanding other people. Now, if we as children can't solve what are relatively minor problems, how can we ever expect to? And then Lucy, pow, she knocks his block off, and the final panel says, I had to hit him quick. He was beginning to make sense. <laughs> how often is that us? How often do we dig our heels in? We don't want to hear anymore. We don't want to change our minds. We don't want to grow. We don't want to do what we don't want to do. Am I the only hard-headed person here that struggles with this? We need to be careful when we dig our heels in. I remember, Todd, we took a trip to New Orleans. We had a business meeting, and we were able to take our wives, Debbie and Carrie, with us. And as we were leaving the airport, we were going to our hotel downtown New Orleans. I discovered for the first time, Debbie is way ahead of me with technology, that on her phone, she could put the address to the hotel and it would talk to us. It would give us the directions. So we were leaving the airport and Debbie's phone said, you need to turn left. And Todd was driving and I said, that's not right. We need to turn right, not left. Um, th that, that phone doesn't know what it's saying. I trust my inner Magellan. I have a great sense of direction. You can trust me. We need to turn right. So as soon as we started turning right, Debbie's phone said, make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. I said, that, that phone doesn't know what it's talking about. I'm a Louisiana native. It doesn't know anything about getting around in Louisiana. My inner Magellan will lead us. For 20 minutes, I debated with Debbie's phone that kept telling us to turn around until finally after 20 minutes, my inner Magellan led us here into a swamp <laughs> out of New Orleans. And I said, 
I was wrong. <laughs> what happens when we dig our heels in? Sometimes the excuses we make, the things we tell ourselves really don't make any sense if we could analyze them. That's what's going on with Moses. And how does God respond? Todd, I love the way you shared it with us. In this beautiful verse 14, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. God's nostrils flared. I don't think we want that to happen to any of us. Let's learn from Moses not to dig our heels in when God tells us something that we don't want to hear. Second great lesson, his eyes were closed shut. God's talking to him and said, said, Moses, Moses, you're not looking around you. You're not looking at all your resources. You're not looking at every bit of power available to you. I, I know what you said, that you're not a good public speaker, that you're not eloquent, you're slow of tongue and speech. I know that. But look around you at your brother Aaron. He is a great public speaker. He is gifted. He would love to help you. In fact, he's running to you right now. He's on the way. You need to look around and see the answer to your problem is right in front of you, but your eyes are closed, shut. I wonder for all of us, the answer to our prayers are right here, but we don't see. I was thinking back, July 2003, we saw the clip of that. That was the month Todd joined our staff. It was one of the most difficult months of my ministry. We had been in this sanctuary for about a year and a half, and we had problems that we just didn't have money to fix. Those of you that were here remember the acoustics were terrible. Sound would be bouncing all around this room and visitors would come and say, do you know we can't understand anything that's going on? The sight lines were bad. And then about that time, I noticed something in our church. This is a very mobile community and many of our great leaders, when their children would graduate from high school, they would move away. And we lost some very dear friends. And I was at that time really thinking, Lord, I'm not sure I can get us through this valley. I'm not sure I'm the right one. Lord, I, I really don't know what to do here. Lord, I need some help. Lord, we need a miracle right now. And I am convinced God answered my prayer by sending Todd. Except to be honest with you, I didn't see it in July 2003. <laughs> And Todd, I know you didn't see it in July 2003 because you saw the pictures. Todd was a 24-year-old seminary student. He was clear he wanted to be a professor. He wanted to be a chaplain. He wanted to be a counselor. He didn't want to stay very long in the local church. And yet something happened that we couldn't see at the moment, that God was going to lead us to work together. And God was going to grow us, and God was going to stretch us, and God was going to change us. But in July 2003, I couldn't see that the answer to my prayer was right there in front of me. God was sending people and resources and ideas and dreams. But in that moment of despair, my eyes were closed shut. You know, I wonder about all of us in times of trial, when we get discouraged and we want to give up, do we know God's right there? The answer to our prayer, the answer to our problem is right there. God is moving. God is working. God is preparing. We need to keep our eyes open 
and be alert to what the Lord is up to in our lives. Remember the old story, it's one of my favorites. It's kind of one of my Hall of Fame stories about the young preacher who went out to a little country church. They had invited him to speak at a men's prayer breakfast. So he went and gathered there and he called on an old farmer in the group to say grace before the breakfast began. And this is the prayer the old farmer prayed. He began his prayer by saying, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor opened one eye and wondered to himself, now where is this going? Then the farmer loudly proclaimed, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was worried. However, without missing a beat, the farmer prayed on, and Lord, you know, I don't care much for raw white flour. And just as the pastor was ready to stand up and stop everything, the farmer continued, but Lord, when you mix them all together and you bake them up, I do love fresh biscuits. So Lord, when things come up that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we just don't understand what you're saying to us, we just need to relax and wait till you're done mixing. And probably it'll be something even better than biscuits. Amen. Isn't that great? And isn't that true? The ingredients to our future, the ingredients to the answer to our prayers right there in front of us, but the Lord may not be through mixing yet. Keep our eyes open and look. Moses' eyes were closed shut. We don't need to make that mistake. And then finally, Moses' mouth was sealed tight. What was going on? He had these worries. He had these fears. They were packed inside of himself. And what does God say to him? Moses in verse 15, you shall speak to him, your brother Aaron, and put the words in his mouth. God is saying when we're worried and we're upset, sometimes we need to speak up and reach out and invite people into our worries and our fears and our, our problems. Thinking back to an, another time, uh, Labor Day 2004. Todd had been on our staff for a year. He was doing a great job. I knew he was smart. He was a hard worker, just was doing a tremendous job. I knew people really liked him, his wonderful personality. I knew I liked him. He was funny. He made me laugh. I enjoyed being around him. But something happened that weekend that changed forever our relationship. It was Labor Day, and Todd wrote me an email. And it began by saying, after you read this, you're probably going to fire me. Well, Tony, if you want to get my interest, that's a good way to get an email. So I leaned in and I read what Todd had to say, and he said, I've noticed we've got some real problems with our church staff. We have some organizational issues, but I think there's some very simple fixes that would make a difference. Well, I got to work the next day, and I called Todd in, and we started visiting, and he started sharing his ideas. And as we were talking, I reached out to Todd, and I said, Todd, I need help. Will you help me work on these problems? And Todd, I was wondering back to that meeting after Labor Day, what if you hadn't been brave enough to be honest and speak up and share with me those things you, you thought could be made better? And what if I had been too proud? What if I thought, who does this young guy think he is telling me about the church? What if I'd been too proud to say, I need help? 
will you help me? I think our lives would have been very different. That's the way it works for all of us. In life, when we're struggling and when we're hurting, there are people that want to help us. They're right there. They would love to help us. They would make all the difference in the world. But sometimes we have to ask. Sometimes we have to swallow our pride. Sometimes we have to be able to reach out to others and say, I'm struggling. I need help. I remember one of my favorite stories from American history. It came from the American Revolutionary War. Um, There was a civilian that was riding on horseback, and he saw some soldiers that were hard at work. They were working on a defensive barrier there, and and the, the, the stranger noticed that one of the soldiers was obviously in charge, the others were working, but the one in charge wasn't helping them. He was just barking instructions to them. So he stopped and he went up to the one in charge and said, well, why aren't you helping these other guys work? And the guy just kind of raised up indignantly and proudly and said, I have you know, sir, I'm a corporal. And with that, the stranger got off his horse and he went down and started working with the soldiers who were obviously exhausted and he helped them fix their problem. And after they were done, the, the stranger went over to the one in charge, said, Mr. Corporal, the next time you have a problem that you're trying to solve and you don't have enough men to work on it, why don't you go to your commander in chief and ask him for help? And I will come and help you again. <laughs> the stranger was General George Washington. And what's the lesson? He taught that corporal that he taught, would teach all of us. My friends, we're in this together. And we have to help each other. We have to lean on each other. We have to support each other. We can't do it alone. But sometimes we have to ask. We have to be honest. We have to be vulnerable. We have to reach out for help. I love as we wrap up this series I think the lessons of today are so important as we live our lives. We need to learn from these mistakes of Moses and not make the same mistakes. We don't need to keep our heels dug in and not listen to what God is saying to us. We don't need to keep our eyes closed shut and not see the answers to our prayers are right in front of us. And we don't need to keep our mouth sealed tight. We need to reach out for help and share with others what's going on with us. Because the truth is, as this passage ends, it's so true for all of us. We hold the stuff of miracles in our hands. But God says to us just what he says to Moses, now go and I will be with you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that just like you spoke to Moses, you spoke to us. And Lord, help us know we're not just hearing a history lesson, we're finding ourselves in the story because we know what it's like sometimes to dig our heels in and not want to listen anymore. We know what it's like to have our eyes closed shut and not realize that the answer to our prayers are right here in front of us. And Lord, sometimes our mouths are sealed and we are too proud to ask for help. Lord, don't let that be us. May we know 
The stuff of miracles is right here. You have a job for us to do. You have a place for us to go. There are things that you want from us and give us the courage and conviction of Moses to go and to be about your business. Lord, lead us and use us and guide us and help us not say no, but yes, Lord, we will go where you send us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.